Welcome all you plus two county modifiers and all you stay doomed grave robbers to a very special event here on plus two comedy. Welcome to the holiday adult fan fiction world championships. If you're here looking for stay doomed, we had a little bit of an issue with the schedule in that we really didn't think Dungeon Crawlers was going to end up being a two-parter, so sorry that this is getting stuck in the middle of Dungeon Crawlers, but welcome to the Holiday Adult Fan Fiction World Championship. What you will hear in this next hour or so are five people from our first round of the Holiday Adult Fan Fiction World Championship. These are five people who wrote ahead of time, and they wrote some adult holiday fan fiction on a topic of their choosing. So please enjoy. And we also ran this on Twitch as a fundraiser for The Trevor Project. So you can actually still click that link below and donate to our Give Butter campaign that we're doing through Battle Royale Royale. And what is that? Battle Royale Royale is another charity event that Plus Two Comedy is running where we are giving away $500. All you have to do is grab a Twitch channel and win in seven different Battle Royale games. You can get all that information over at BattleRoyaleRoyale.com. And now, without any further ado, please enjoy the holiday adult fan fiction world championships. And if you're waiting for round two, that'll come out tomorrow. But the first round is uh, basically the competitors in the first round were told to send me a video the day before the show on a topic of their choosing of an erotic fan fiction running about five minutes. And then they send me a video a few hours before the show that's over five minutes, and then they yell at me that they are not going to edit their art. So that's how the first round works. And we have five amazing first round competitors here. Our first competitor is one half of the Cosplay Pro Wrestling Smash Brothers champion. They are a former round one winner and uh, all around great person. Please tease in the chat for our first first round competitor. It's Katie V. Hello, I'm Katie V, and my story is called How Waluigi Stole Christmas. And this cover was made by my friend Lane, who is Tofu Mac on Twitter, so please check out their artwork. I was gonna pretend to read from this, so I'm not gonna. Anyway. Every Smash Bro in Smashville liked Christmas a lot, but Waluigi, who wasn't a Smash Bro, did not. Waluigi hated Smashville and the whole Christmas season. If you're wondering why, I'll tell you the reason. It could be he's just an assist trophy yet. It could be he's just an asshole, I bet. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his dick was two sizes too small. Whatever the reason, his dick or his ass, he stood there on Christmas Eve wanting to smash staring down from his shack with a sour nasal wah. Smashers prepared the festivities for Smashernalia, for he knew every Smash Bro in Smashville beneath was going to get buck under mistletoe wreaths. And then they're hanging their stockings with sex toys to stash. Tomorrow is Christmas and I'm still not in Smash. Then he wad with his gloved fingers angrily drumming. I must find some way to stop Smash Bros from coming. For tomorrow, he knew all the Smash gals and Smash boys would wake bright and early and rush for their toys. And then, oh the noise. Oh the noise. 
and then Smash Bros, young and old, would continue to fuck, and they'd fuck, and they'd fuck, and they'd fuck, 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 fuck. And they would fuck the piranha plant, and even the duck hunt dog's duck. And poor forgotten Waluigi was shit out of luck. And then they'd do sex stuff he couldn't even dream, and every Smash Bro in Smashville would in unison cream. In a writhing mass with Christmas bells ringing, they'd come so hard their moans sound like singing. And they'd come, and they'd come, and they'd come, 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 come. And the more Waluigi thought of Smash Bros. Christmas jizzing, the more Waluigi thought, I must stop this whole thing. Then he got an idea, an awful idea. Waluigi got a titillating, awful idea. I know just what to do, Waluigi gave a loud hoot, and he made a quick Santa Claus mask and gimp suit. And he chuckled and wad, they'll never know it's me. Now I can go steal all their sex toys low-key. Toward the homes where the Smash Bros were banging en masse, all the furniture creaking and reeking of ass, all the Smash Bros were smashing with nary a care when Waluigi came to the first house on the square. Ah, Sonic's house, Waluigi Claus wad, and he, st- and he strutted inside like a seasoned smash god. Marth slid down Mega Man's chimney, a mega-tight fit, while Pac-Man and Crom had their way with Pit. Bayonetta came up for air for a moment or two, before getting spit-roasted by Ken and Ryu. Past the piles of bodies Waluigi would slink, stealing their stockings of condoms and kinks. Ball gags, butt plugs, ticklers, flesh lamps, vibrators, massagers, dildos, and nipple clamps. And he stuffed them in bags, don't ask where from. Not like anyone was looking, they were trying to come. Then he slunk to the icebox, he took their jello shots, he took their Powerade and their long white hots. Then he stuffed all the stuff up the chimney with glee. Now nobody this Christmas will come except me. And before Waluigi could that long shaft climb, he heard a small sound like a gentle canine. It was little Isabel, in need of great succor, who looked at Waluigi like, What you doing here, fucker? Then that big bulging sack caught her curious eye. Why are you taking our sexy toys? Why? But you know Waluigi was such an asshole. He thought up a lie, and here's what he told. Why, my sweet little thought, the fake gimpy claws lied. There's a malfunction on this line of products and vibes. So I'm taking it home to my workshop, my dear. I'll fix it up there, and then you'll get off here. And his fib fooled the shih tzu, then he patted her head, and he got her some milk bones and sent her to bed. And while Isabel resumed getting down with the villager, away with the toys with the Christmas, went the Christmas pillager, Then he went up the chimney, which was a strange call, but he left them with nothing, no sex toys at all. And the one speck of lube that was left on the scene was enough for a slipping hazard, but no use for sex fiends. For every smash stage, he did the same thing. He took all their shit while they were busy fucking. It was dawn Christmas day, and the orgies went strong, and from his shack, Waluigi thought, something is wrong. I took all their junk, but their junk is still running. Me brawler was banging, and me gunner was gunning. Trading blows, Sonic and Snake were caught in a, de- in a deadlock. Till they blew off the stage, they both lost a stock. What the fuck? yelled Waluigi Claus indignantly. Those fuckers are still fucking, fucking with glee. They're supposed to be sad, to be unfulfilled. Not a single drop of cum should be spilled. But while Zelda and Sheik both plowed Donkey Kong, and Jigglypuff crooned a most lustful song, Waluigi stood with his latex-wrapped legs in the snow, stood diddling and puzzling. How could this be so? They came without dildos. They came without vibes. They came without condoms, which seems ill-advised. 
He yanked it for three hours till his wanker was sore. Then Waluigi thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe they'll let me smash if I give their shit back. Maybe Bayo will hit me with a climax attack. And what happened then? Well, in Smashville, they say, Waluigi's withered dick grew three sizes that day. And the minute his pants had grown oh so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. And he brought back the toys, and every Smash Bro cheered. And Waluigi wawed joyously, then every Smash Bro leered. It's fucking Waluigi, yelled Bowser with rage. Donkey Kong picked Waluigi up and walked off the stage. You'll never be in s- you'll never be a Smash Bro before Birdo, you dick. It's been 32 years, Nintendo. Get on the stick. Before it went dark, as Waluigi's dreams turned to ash, ever so technically, Waluigi had finally gotten to Smash. Thank you, everyone. Happy holidays. Katie V, everyone! Let me get some was in the chat for Katie V. Fantastic. Uh, you can check out KDV. Uh, she has a, a, a Teespring, uh, which I'm desperately trying to pull up right now. Uh, so if you want to support uh, Kimberly's spirit, you can do so at the link provided in the chat right now. Also, uh, KDV will be taking part in... Battle Royale Royale. It is a Battle Royale of Battle Royale games, which you can sign up for right now. So if you didn't like Katie and you want to crush her, I recommend you sign up for Battle Royale Royale at BattleRoyaleRoyale.com. Or if you just, you know, want to do something with Katie, like play video games, sign up for Battle Royale Royale right now at BattleRoyaleRoyale.com. All right. Enough of me talking. We got to get back to some dirty, dirty adult fan fiction. Your next competitor, well, he's a holiday expert. He is the creator of Talking Nog. It is a yearly tradition, about a yearly tradition. And uh, you can join him on Twitch on the 23rd of December and talk a little Nog. He is also the creator of various games, including Mission Impossible. No, Mission Mission Impossible. No, that's not Jeff. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Mission Accomplished. Please enjoy Mr. Jeff Stormer. <sighs> oh, hello there. It is I, world-famous podcaster, game designer, unofficial official LARP designer of the Olive Garden Restaurant, and noted authority on eggnog and eggnog-related matters, Jeff Stormer. Noah asked me to participate in the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships, and he asked me to create a story with a little holiday flair, and while I'm certain that he asked that of me because I'm a noted lover of all things Christmas, the truth is there's another holiday in December that is a little more emotional to me, and I couldn't let this opportunity pass without creating a piece that spoke to my love of that particular day. It's a very special anniversary in my life, and while I know that traditionally the championship is a place for fun and games, I hope you'll indulge me as I create a piece that speaks to my emotions around this very, very particular day, with a piece that I like to call La Confrontacion, or Old Possum's Book of Cat-Cop Confrontations. Our story opens on a tragic scene, a France racked by revolution in the year 1832, a haunted man, a man broken, a man whose moral code has left him. A man named Javert stands, as played, of course, by Russell Crowe, stands 
over the river saying, He has killed me, even so. I am reaching, but I fall. And the stars are black and cold. As I stare into the void of a world I cannot hold. I'll escape now from that world, from the world of Jean Valjean. There is nowhere I can turn. There is no way to go on. Javert throws himself into the river Seine, but wakes up in England some years in the future. Am I dead? Is this hell? Is this what I deserve? Was I spared from my death? Do I face my redemption? Am I alone on these streets? What are these lights in the air? Whose voices are those who laugh in the distance? Some haunts they all approach me now. Escape is beyond me. Milk! Are you demons from hell? Would you sit on a throne? Have you come for my soul? Would you ride on a train? What nightmare has befallen me? Were you blind when you're born? Why have I been brought here? The jellical choice was upon us, the yearly jamboree. The cats were out, the cats were about, and oh so very horny. But when at last the time had come for the choice to be declared, the jellicals looked about, but Deuteronomy wasn't there. Macavity, Macavity. It had to be Macavity, another broken law just like he broke the law of gravity. A magical conjuration even Mistopheles couldn't stop. But to catch a master criminal, you need a master cop. I sympathize with your plight, but I am not one of you. Leave that to magical Mr. Mistopheles. Listen to me and don't scoff. Turning a man into a cat is quite the magical task. But when it comes to magical powers, we have someone we can ask. You see, the greatest magicians have something to learn from Mr. Mistopheles' conjuring turn. And we all say, oh, ease our worry, make him furry. Won't you hurry, magical Mr. Mistopheles? Please ease our worry, make him furry. Won't you hurry, magical Mr. Mustafoli? We start with a fresh coat of fur, move the fears to the top of his head. We could make him brown like his beard, or perhaps calico instead. Pull a tail through the seat of his pants, replace his hands with paws or not. But the most important jellical thing is that we make him uncomfortably hot. And last but not least, we'll remove all his clothes, except for his little police hat, I suppose. 
and we'll all seize our worry, make him furry. Won't you hurry, magical Mr. Mustafa's? A jellicle, at last, a cavity I can pursue. Mystery cat, you are called. It will be chains for you. So Javert thinks he could find the cat that Holmes himself could not. Though Javert has something Holmes did not. Javert is very hot. Perhaps I'll meet the jellical ball and meet him face to face. Begin the cat and mouse game proper. A proper gentleman's chase. Ineffable! McCavity! McCavity! Look, Javert, it's McCavity! Bring him down! Bring him in! Bring back to Deuteronomy! Abandon your friends, you handsome boy, and take your place as my sexy toy. For when you look in your deepest desires, admit it. McCavity's there. You must think I'm mad, though your abs are chiseled. I'll pursue you for years. I'm much too principled. Men McCavity. Like me can McCavity. Never change. It had Pets to like be. McCavity. Leave the law behind. McCavity. And embrace the mystery cat. You'll be in chains when I am through. Cup Come with me, McCavity. When you close my your eyes at night, to the, the smell of lust law. in the air. Lusty only for Admit justice. In your deepest, Her bosom is you know all I crave. There. My heart on is what for criminals. Yes, for putting abs, them all in chains. You know nothing of your hair. I my was sleek, born inside a jail, if but I as all men you, must cannot choose pull a you path, into hell, I have then chosen I must the law. disappear now, and now I say farewell. McCavity, McCavity, you'll never catch McCavity. Chase me across the world, but never will you find me. You'll look under every jellicle rock and through the jellicle air. But when you think you found me, McCavity won't be there. One last chance to be my lover. One last chance to ride my boner. Then, with a sexy nod, they went their separate ways. <sighs> and there you have it. The one-year anniversary of the greatest day of my life. The release of Cats, 2019, director Tom Hooper. Join us this time next year as we once again celebrate the greatest day of my life with a story about how Javert, now under the Jellicle name Inspector Felicum Parsimony, must recruit the forces of Dr. Lionel Logue to solve the mystery of a feline Zodiac killer. In Cats 2021, director Tom Hooper, the Jellicle King Cat speech. Thanks, and happy holidays. Jeff! Stormer, everybody! Meows in the in the chat, please, for Jeff Stormer. Woo! Alright, so a few things I gotta <laughs> I gotta bring up about that. Uh, one, this is gonna blow your mind. I'm not sure if you guys caught this. Every part in that was played by Jeff Stormer. He does it all. Absolutely incredible. Uh, two uh, I like that he, he basically is forcing me to do this again next year. And in doing so, I'm going to force him to keep his promise and provide us with a sequel next year. So that should be especially good. And three, I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but like as of a few hours ago, they cracked the Zodiac Killer's code. 
So just interesting timing, I guess. But yeah, they, they solved it and decoded it. So I don't know. You can check that out later. There's just fun facts here. Lots of fun facts here. <laughs> In the yes, really, I, I wouldn't make that up. That's a weird thing that happened today. So yes, that was our second holiday adult fan fiction, and now we have a very special presentation. Uh, last time we did the uh, adult fan fiction world championship, uh, or rather two ago, and the, the first one that we did online. Jeff competed, and he was like, I'm going to send you one, but you're not allowed to watch it. And I said, no, Jeff, I have to watch it to make sure that it works. Like, that's the rules. You can't do that. This time, a competitor said, hey, you're not allowed to watch this. And I was like, fine, I trust you. Because you are the host of the Lullaby Lounge, which you can catch out every Tuesday at 8 p.m. I want to make sure I get that right. On uh, twitch.tv slash Kate Nix. Ladies and gentlemen, please tease in the chat for Kate Nix. Save the day. So check your fear and get in gear. The vampires are here. Pump the brakes, Van. Dracula could barely look at the feeble human before him. Van Heelsing peered coquettishly at him over his tinted sunglasses his long brown hair fluttering in the cool night breeze. The piercing gaze was more than he could bear. What's with the coolant track? Van Heelsing cooed, his paisley shirt fluttering open to reveal his pale flesh. I'm ready. I want to be a vampire. I want to be like you. Dracula focused his headlights on Van. It was one thing to be a vampire. It was another to make one. A vampire was neither man nor motor. It was a monstrosity. Do you really want to be sucking gas from clunkers for the rest of your days? Van, you're a poet, a dreamer. That life could break you. Van stepped closer to Dracula, his heart racing. Dracula could hear Van's blood pumping through his veins and he couldn't help but ignite. I'd rather be broken than go another second without feeling your brake fluid inside me. Dracula's engine began to roar. The sound was deafening. His pistons were firing at a dangerous rate. The moon was full and the planets were aligned. If Van took another step closer, the decision would be made for them both. Make me a vampire, Dracula. Van screamed over the violent growl. There was a crash of lightning. Dracula felt his engine surge with electricity, a deep vibration piercing his very transmission. At first he thought it was the lightning, but then his headlights focused on the sight before him. The vibration was from the deep low purr of Van's new engine. Moonlight glanced off of Van's metallic curves. His headlights reflected a brilliant cobalt blue, 
and his multiple tailpipes curved up to his shoulders, giving the effect of silver wings. Novelty dice hung around his neck like a trophy kill. Dracula was speechless. You're beautiful, he stammered, embarrassed at having prematurely sprayed his brake fluid all over the macadam. He could already feel his engine spark again just at the sight of his newly formed lover. Now we can truly be one, Van purred, wheeling even closer to Dracula. Their steel was almost touching. Van. Dracula was interrupted by a grill mashing into his, passionate, desperate. He couldn't help but give in, collapsing with Van into a writhing heap of tubes and gears. I'm just so hungry, Track, Van murmured into his ox input. I want you to feed me. Fill me up, Daddy. Dracula's engine purred with delight. His fluids flushed eagerly as he gingerly repositioned Van's nubile grill over his glistening loin. Suddenly, he felt a piercing pain in his gas tank. He looked down to see Van plunging his metal proboscis deep into his gut. I said, feed me, Dracula, he hissed between gulps of gasoline. Give me all the gas in your tank. Dracula's engine sputtered as fuel poured from his body. So everything we had this year together, it was all for nothing, he coughed. Van's grill gleamed with gas. His headlights focused intently on Dracula's. No, it wasn't all for nothing. Van's engine began to roar. He grinned a terrible metallic grin. You're the first stop on my ride to glory. So the problem with not getting to watch it beforehand is I didn't know when it was going to end. But give it up. Lots of teas in the chat for Kate Nix and vampires. Vampires. If you don't know what vampires is, it was a uh, Bandai show. That basically, the company that makes like uh, Power Rangers and like the VR Troopers and stuff where you became a vampire that was also like a car and you needed fuel. And we did it. Yeah, don't watch it, first off. <laughs> don't watch it. The best way to learn about it would be to listen to the Stay Doomed episode of the podcast. That's my podcast that I do along with Laura Prince in which we watch a one season, a show that lasted one season or less and give it a review on whether it should Stay doomed, or if we should have stay tuned to it. So be sure to check out the Stay Doomed podcast. And also, be sure to check out Kate Nix and the Lullaby Lounge on Tuesday over at Kate Nix, or twitch.tv slash Kate Nix. Your next competitor is New Blood here in the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships, but he's not new to adult fan fiction. He is the host of the podcast Fun Fiction, which is part of the BS Network. Please, tease in the chat for Scotty Moore. Hi, I'm Scotty Moore, and today I want to tell you a story called Head Elf, a Santa Claus fan fiction. Now, this is a story about a man. Well, not a man exactly not a not a person really but everything to me i first met him on christmas eve 1993 which i know was a long time ago but i i remember that night i remember that night like it was yesterday 
I was there alone. I had just moved into town, and I was not about to pay the airfare to go back home. I mean, I did not like Christmas that much. But that all changed. On December 24th, 1993, I had ordered a pizza. I was off on a stroll waiting for it to get there, and... I looked up on my neighbor's house. Uh, I remember his name exactly. Scott Calvin was the guy. And I look up on his roof, and I I swear to God, I see Santa Claus. Santa Claus is up there. I mean, I know it was dark, but everything was perfect. And so I did a double take to make sure what I was seeing was real. And when I looked back, Santa was gone. I chalked it up to a little bit too much eggnog, and I kept going on my way. But then I saw him running towards me with that beautiful smile, those cute, tight curls of hair that hung down in his face out of that old hat, and he stopped right in front of me, and he said, Have you seen Santa Claus? I laughed at him. I I mean, I had to. It was such an insane sentence. I mean, he was dressed like an elf. The guy was probably high, but I just, I couldn't keep my eyes off of him. And then I remembered. I remembered the top of Calvin's house. I remembered Santa being there and then suddenly disappearing. And so pointed him over there. I said, yeah, fell off the roof or whatever. And so off he went. But I could feel my brain, my heart, my body, my everything reaching out, begging him to stop. But the one part of me that wouldn't cooperate was my mouth. No matter how badly I wanted to unwrap that Christmas present of an ass that he had, no matter how badly I wanted to grab him by the erector set and show him I was one hungry, hungry hippo, no matter how badly I wanted him to bop it. That's too much? That one's too much. Okay, okay. I just watched as he ran inside the Calvin's home and disappeared. Completely. I I never saw him come out. I never saw him leave that house. I sat there daily watching, watching as Scott would send his son Charlie off to school, watching as Scott would return from his business job, watching as Scott began to put on one too many holiday pounds. But I never saw the little elf boy. I never saw him come out every single day. Surely he would have to walk outside, but... He was gone. Eventually, I had enough. Ran over to the Calvin's house, pounded on the door, and Scott opened it. And I'll be honest, Scott did not look like himself. He, he was a businessman, right? He was this upstanding official, but there he was with a dilapidated old beard and big belly and those rosy cheeks that any Irishman will tell you belong to a drunk. And he looked like a slob. I wasn't sure what was going on, but I I knew I had to get past him. I knew I had to find this elf. I knew I had to find where that little Furby went so I could tickle his Elmo until he shot Beanie Babies into my Easy Bake Oven. Where is he? I finally asked Scott. Who? He responded, looking at me nervously. The... the elf! The words sounded insane coming out of my mouth, talking about an elf. I mean, we are in January now. Christmas was over, but I still continued. I didn't care how crazy I sounded. I needed to find him. He came into your house on Christmas Eve, and I haven't seen him since. Where is he? I begged Scott to give me an answer. Oh, that's Bernard. 
A young voice came from the kitchen, and then I realized that it was Scott's son, Charlie, entering the living room with a bowl of frosted flakes and sitting down in front of TV. He's just one of Dad's elves. Elf? Really? I I thought that was just an outfit, I said, raising my eyebrow. Please be quiet, Charlie. Scott urged, begging Charlie to stop, but Charlie would not relent. He was info-dumping all over the place. Yeah, on Christmas Eve, Santa came to our house, and then he fell off the roof, and then he died, and then Dad stole his suit, and now he's the new Santa Claus. It was insane. But it kind of made sense. With the way Scott looked now, he looked exactly like Santa Claus. It explained everything. The beard, the weight gain, the rosy cheeks, and Bernard's been teaching Dad how to be the new Santa. He's the head elf. It took, by the way, it took everything in my power not to make a joke involving the words head elf in front of the boy, but still. You killed Santa Claus. I responded, dumbfounded. No, no, not at all. No, the the kid's just telling stories. Scott responded with a nervous laugh that slowly descended into a series of ho-ho-hos. Okay, yes, fine, I'm Santa, but you cannot tell anyone. Scott was nervous, staring at me with weak eyes. Fine, I won't tell anybody, but you tell me where he is. Tell me where Bernard is right now. The North Pole. Scott responded, looking solemn, apologizing with his eyes as he looks at me. He came down here to fetch me, and now he's returned to his position as head elf at the North Pole. That's all I know. Scott continued trying to explain the situation to me, but I I, I didn't care. (laughs) He was gone. Bernard was gone, and he wasn't coming back. No matter how badly I wanted to lick that candy cane down into a sharp dagger to stab up into my guts, he was gone. I had no hope. I returned home, sitting alone underneath a mistletoe, pulling the cabbage patch to the best of my ability. But then I had an idea. One sentence from little Charlie's mouth kept coming back to me. On Christmas Eve, Santa came to our house, and then he fell off the roof, and then he died, and then Dad stole his suit, and now he's the new Santa Claus. That was it. My opportunity to take Bernard right there and then. He would become my new Mr. Claus. All I had to do was kill Santa. And so I sat and I formulated plan after plan every single evening until I finally had one that I decided would work. I waited until Monday morning, watching as I always did as Scott loaded Charlie up onto that bus, sending him off to school because I knew, I knew I couldn't let Charlie see what was about to happen. I could not let Charlie see what I was about to do. Because I bought a fucking rocket launcher off of eBay and I was about to blow that fat man to smithereens. I did not care. I waited for the moment. I waited for the moment that Scott crossed through the threshold as the bus crossed over the horizon. And I aimed with that trigger and I waited for the click of the door to shut. And then I fired. And boom. 
The entire house went up in flames. A mushroom cloud appeared in the sky as bricks and various bits of debris rained down on top of me, and I cackled maniacally as I rushed in, digging through the rubble, trying to find that red coat, trying to find that coat so I could become the new Santa Claus. So I could become Bernard's Santa Claus. I was pet rock hard, waiting for the moment that Bernard would arrive. But then I noticed something bizarre. In the center of that rubble, there was a strange glowing, a bright white light, and I walked towards it eagerly, wondering if this was Bernard teleporting directly in front of me. But when my eyes adjusted, I, I didn't see Bernard. I saw Santa Claus. Scott Calvin had finally ascended beyond that of a normal Santa and become a super Santa. He stared at me, and with a single thrust, he shot forward multiple snowflakes that dug into my shoulder, raining blood down onto my body below. I grabbed a bit of rebar, hoping to use it as defense, but I knew, I knew I had lost. I knew I wouldn't have killed Santa Claus. I mean, a damn grenade didn't do it. A missile launcher did not do it. I knew Santa had me. And he beat me within an inch of my life. He rained shots down onto my face, blood pouring down as he continuously beat me over and over again. And I liked it. I I mean, I I didn't know why, but I liked it. And eventually I fell to my knees begging and pleading, please have mercy on me, sir. Have mercy. Fine. Scott's voice had changed. He was no longer that charming dad that lived across the street and grunted consistently. He was now something different. I'll let you live. But you work for me now. I had no idea what that meant. I I felt as he took me and threw me into his sack and threw me on top of that sleigh underneath numerous other toys. And I didn't know where he was taking me. All I knew is it kept getting colder and colder. As that sleigh soared through the air, I was afraid that I was going to die of hypothermia, but eventually I found myself smacked against a cold, unforgiving ground. And when I came out of the bag, I realized I... I was in a cage, and everything about me felt, felt different for some reason. I looked down and I felt myself in elven clothing. Something in that sack had changed me. And then I heard him. You disobeyed. You were very, very naughty this year, and you deserve to be punished for that. Which is why Santa brought you here. He brought you here to be conditioned and trained to be one of his submissive subjects. And it's up to me to do his conditioning for him. The figure slowly approached from within the darkness in front of my cage, and I found myself face to face with a very familiar bulge before he leaned down and stared me in the eyes. You will obey me. You will do as I say, and you will submit to my will. 
He cupped my chin in my hands. I struggled to hide my now bulging Tamagotchi back as he continued to stare deep into my eyes. And if you disobey, you will be punished. You will be chained up in frosting, whipped with licorice rope, and suffocated in gingerbread. Obey, and maybe I consider making you one of my personal underlings. Understood? It was him. I had finally found him. Now, he may not have been the sweet, caring elf that I had met on Christmas Eve of 1993, but he was something different, something I liked. I stared him in those cold, dark eyes as he tied me up with licorice rope, and my mouth could only utter one phrase. Yes, sir. The end! We did it. We made a Tim Allen movie horny. <laughs> Give it up for Scotty Moore! With a cameo from Navi showing up in the notifications in the bottom corner. <laughs> Give it up for Scotty Moore. Tease in the chat. Uh, fantastic fan fiction. If you like that fan fiction, you can check out his podcast over at the BS Network called Fun Fiction. So be sure to check that out as well. We have one more here in the first round before we move on to our second round. And we have our prose writing on your suggestions come in and see what they have. But I just want to remind everyone that we are trying to raise money today for the Trevor Project. I am putting the link in the chat right now. That is our Give Butter account. Basically, it's the website that we use so that I never touch the money. It just all goes to the Trevor Project. So we're trying to raise money for uh, suicide prevention in the LGBTQ community. So be sure to check that out. And also, if you donate $20, you officially qualify to be part of Battle Royale Royale, which is a race to get a win in seven different Battle Royale games, and you can win up to $500. So feel free to sign up for that. And please, give generously here in these holiday times if you enjoy holiday smut. And now... We have one more, our final competitor here in the opening round. She is the creator of Quarrelween Costumes, which you can check out on Instagram, where she, while locked in quarantine, makes costumes based on your suggestions. So be sure to check out Quarrelween Costumes or on Instagram. It's Jillian Markowitz, and she wants to prove to you that it is, in fact... A Christmas movie. Jillian Markowitz, everyone. I'm falling from the 30th story of Nakatomi Plaza. As I fall to my death, looking down on me is John McClane, my murderer, sweat glistening in the moonlight as he fades from view, joining the stars in the sky. In my mind, in my final moments, I'm transported to earlier that evening. McLean has me in a chokehold, and I feel my cock rife with tumescence that automatically comes with autoerotic asphyxiation. The smell of his sweat at once masculine and desperate 
ancient man ripe from outrunning his predators. Except the predators have become the prey, for he can extinguish me at any moment. And I like it. Or at least my cock does. In reality, I fought him. But in my mind, in my pre-death fantasy, as I plummet toward the cement, I do not fight his chokehold. I start touching myself through my pants as I feel his forearm press into my throat. Touch me, cowboy. I moan as I feel his stubble graze my forehead. He shoves me off of him and I fall to the ground. The fuck are you doing, Hans? You've been a thorn in my side all night, Mr. Cowboy. It seems I've met my match. Whoa, pal, don't go printing wedding invitations. I'm a married man. He cocks his gun as my cock guns to be with him. At this moment, Holly Gennaro bursts into the room. Oh, now you're married. Were you married when I asked you to move to LA with me? Honey, I'm a little busy saving our lives right now. Saving our... What about saving our marriage, John? At this moment, Holly leans down and licks my face. I shudder with excitement and my eyes roll back into my skull. Holly looks to McLean. I want you to fuck him. And I want to watch. Do you consent to this, Hans? I've never wanted anything more, I say as I lunge toward him. I'm on my knees and he stands before me. I look down at his feet, caked with blood and mud. I begin to kiss and lick them, tasting the sweat and the blood and smelling the masculine odor of his athlete's foot. He joins me on the carpet. Holly lets out a soft moan as she touches herself in the corner. How would you like my foot in your ass, Hans? I'd love it, I say as I turn over and pull my pants down. He begins fondling my asshole with his toes. Then he spits on my asshole and shoves his entire foot in. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker! Now I'm going to come. Ho, ho, ho. I snap back to reality as I plummet to my death. I'm dying. Hard. Oh my god, what an amazing first round this was. I, I It's very hard to pick a winner, and luckily that is not my job. It is your job to pick the winner of this. I am going to put a poll in the chat right now, and it is up to you to decide who wins round one. Yes, lots of teas in the chat. So you can vote right now. You have Katie V, 
Excuse me, I sounded like I was underwater out of nowhere. You have uh, Katie V who did Smash Brothers. You have Jeff Storm who did Cats and uh, Les Miserables. It had a long title that I don't remember, and I'm sorry, Jeff, but you're wonderful. Uh, Kate Nix who did Vampires. Vampires? Uh, Scotty Moore who did The Santa Claus. And Jillian Markowitz who did Die Hard. Please place your votes now. Who you can, you can only vote for one. It's very hard. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try to get the results now. I'm gonna give you guys a few minutes to to vote. Who boy, that was fantastic. That was great. Uh, I will be putting this up on YouTube over on the Plus Two Comedy Channel, so if you've missed anything, I will put both rounds up over on Plus Two Comedy on YouTube. That's also where you can catch the Stay Doom show, in case you had no idea what Kate was writing about when it came to vampires. Also, once again, thank you so much for joining me here for the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships. We're here to raise money for the Trevor Project through our Give Butter page, and also hopefully get a few sign-ups for Battle Royale Royale! which is a competition to get seven wins in seven different Battle Royale games. That made it sound like I was asking for like 70, 49 wins or something. But no, a win in each. Seven wins total. All right. Yeah, real quick, uh, check out Katie V's uh, uh, Kimberly Spirit. Uh, check out Jeff Stormer Talking Nog on the 23rd. It's a live uh, podcast about uh, eggnog. Talking Nog is fantastic. Check out Scotty Moore over at uh, the BS Network and his podcast, uh, Fun Fiction, if you liked his fan fiction. Check out Jillian Markowitz on Instagram for Quarween costumes. And check out Kate Nix in the Lullaby Lounge over at twitchtv.com slash Kate Nix every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, I'm closing the votes in. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll link this one more time. And then I will close the votes in five. I know I just put it up there. It's kind of mean of me to start counting immediately. Five, four, three, two, one. As everyone continues to plug themselves. Yeah, check out Jeff's new game. Everyone can wear a mask. That's a really cool game. Just put the link in there. Check that out. Okay. I'm closing the votes. Closing the votes. So now it's time to officially announce a winner here. <laughs> yeah, vote, guys. I, mean, I don't want to clo close the votes without everyone voting, but vote. Voting's important. And all that good stuff. Ah. Uh, all right. The votes have been tallied. And... It appears that the winners of the first round, because we just allow ties here. We don't, it's fine. <laughs> the winners of the first round is a tie between Katie V, Jeff Stormer, and Scotty Moore. So congratulations. I don't know why I did it like that. Congratulations to all of you. A fantastic round here in the... A holiday adult fan fiction world championships. Absolutely fantastic. But you know what? We have a whole nother round to go. So and that's going to do it for the first round 
of the Holiday Adult Fan Fiction World Championships. Thank you so much for being here and enjoying. Please be sure to look below and grab a link to our Give Butter campaign for the Trevor Project and also check out Battle Royale Royale.com. Also be sure to subscribe for more content like this from Plus Two Comedy. And be sure to join us tomorrow for round two of the Holiday Adult Fan Fiction World Championships.